Welcome to Communicating the Art, the international conference for cultural leaders. Episode 4. Are we missing out on the biggest new audience in our cities? Asia Pop Fest 2017 by Kate Bentorin, Associate Director at Asia TOPA Art Center in Melbourne. Um, thanks everyone for, for choosing us. Um, it's great to be here. Um, so my name is Kate Bentoven. I'm the Associate Simi Director Hopea of Asia Topa. Engaging Chinese audiences of performing arts. By um, Nick we actually Bolling, launched last night Chief and Technology I think our website is live right Simi now. Um, and I think we, we should be on sale in, um, uh, in, in a couple of hours. So um, feel free to have a look at our program. Um, our next festival is in 2020 um, from January to March. But I'm going to um, talk about an event that we created for the first festival in 2017 um, called Asia Pop Fest. I might start us off with a video because that's always a, a great way to just kind of capture what we did first and then I'll, um, I'll, I'll talk you through it. So let's see how we go. Thank you. So um, 2,000 pink light ones is the best investment you will ever make in event documentation, by the way. Like, it's, I totally recommend it. Um, so that was Asia Pop Fest. It was in our Sydney My Music Bowl, which is our huge outdoor um, amphitheatre. Um, and it was an event we created for the first Asia Topa. Um, and why did we create it? Um, this one really, so Asia Topa, part of Asia Topa's mission um, is, of course, about um, not just um, uh, celebrating the contemporary culture from the region, but absolutely thinking about who our audience is and who our audience we want, who, who the audience we wanted, um, who, who the audience we want to be for the future. Um, and if you think about a city like Melbourne, and I, uh, when I was uh, developing the first program, I did a lot of just walking around the city, um, and particularly in Melbourne CBD. Um, our city feels completely different in the last five to ten years um, in a really exciting way. Um, there's some amazing stats which I think really give um, the feeling um, of the centre of Melbourne particularly. Um, one in seven of our youth population is an international student in Victoria and in uh, Melbourne uh, CBD, Mandarin is the top spoken language by residents of the CBD over English. Um, so particularly international students and particularly young Asian millennials really have made a huge impact on Melbourne um, and on the, um, certainly on the feeling of the city and um, are now very much part of who the city is. Um, but I very much felt that certainly when you look at a place like Art Centre Melbourne and actually if you look more broadly at most of our cultural in institutions, didn't feel like that's, that population were particularly in our venues at all. And I certainly didn't feel like the, the culture that they were really excited about, youth, you know, young popular culture from Asia, I couldn't really see a lot of that around me. Um, I firstly thought maybe I wasn't looking in the right places. So um, in the development of Asia Topa, I thought it'd be great to do a big Asian pop event. Um, maybe I'll go and talk to my uh, music industry colleagues. Surely they'd be all over this kind of industry and this market because, you know, um, it's, it's, a it's a huge industry in the region and obviously a growing market in Australia. But interestingly, at that time, this was, you know, 2015-16, uh, um, I went to talk to all the major kind of promoters and music industry players and there was kind of this real sort of bewildered look, really. You know, nobody at that point was particularly across the scene in terms of the, of the Asian pop scene and certainly there wasn't people working at scale outside of a very, very small number of mostly um, Asian promoters based in the region. So I thought, well, that's a really interesting thing um, and it would be really interesting to explore um, this market and this audience um, and it seemed to me like the, the pop way was, would be a way to go. Also because I think that form has great crossover into other young audiences, um, you know, particularly K-pop's massive just with young, young audiences in general. Um, I also had the bowl. We had the bowl, which is just a massive venue to fill. Um, so, you know, we were thinking about ways we could really fill that venue and do something exciting. Um, 
so these kind of ideas were floating around and then I had one of those, you know, uh, bizarre um, conversations on a train actually with an old uh, friend of mine who was working at the City of Melbourne and he was in charge of international student engagement. And we had this conversation and he said, look, we do, you know, international students want to be more engaged in the city, they want to know what's um, happening a lot more. He said, we do this welcome every year, we do an international student welcome. He said, it's usually pretty small scale and, um, you know, we try and um, uh, position at a different cultural venues, but you know, it's pretty small scale. And I said, well, why don't we try and combine the Welcome to International Students, um, this event that already happens and is supported by the city and the state, and this idea of a huge Asian pop concert and kind of try and mash them together and really say, not just international students um, are here, but we're really excited that we're here. We're really excited to welcome you into the city and you are our kind of portal into this amazing world of, of popular culture. And isn't it exciting that you're all here in the city? Um, so really from that point, the concept of Asia Popfest um, was kind of began to take shape. Um, we spent a long time uh, raising money um, because I was really keen to try and do this as a free event. So we raised over 350000 from City of Melbourne and Study Melbourne, which is the Victorian government body that um, looks after engagement uh, with, with uh, students. So we were really aiming to do a free event, or free for students at least. Um, so we sort of had this sketch of a concept and, you know, we had a name and I kind of knew what I wanted to do. But frankly, I... I, um, you know, I'd barely been to any uh, K-pop events, certainly in Australia. I had no idea how I was going to uh, track down these artists. You know, it was a world of, uh, of um, music that I really didn't know a lot about. Um, and it was through a meeting um, through Gary, my City of Melbourne contact, he introduced me to somebody called Winona. Uh, Winona Locke, she's in her late 20s. She runs a small agency. Um, she's an ex-international student herself and she books a lot of, um, mostly at that point, smaller scale Asian acts. And after meeting her, she was like, right, I know how we can do this. She always wanted to work at scale. Um, she also um, was from that audience um, and worked in the music industry already and had all of that nuance that, you know, I had the big picture, but if I was going to try and program this, I, it was going to fail. I was just going to get it wrong. I knew that. So she, we basically brought Winona in completely in the beginning just to start to help us book the lineup and then very quickly to manage our comms, to strategize, to get all of that nuance right so that, um, you know, we could really be presenting um, a, an event that really spoke to that audience in the way that they, that they wanted to be receiving communication. It had the right feel. You know, she just basically took over most things. Um, and she's fabulous. She's still a really close collaborator of mine um, to this day. Um, so we um, presented this as a one-off event. These are just a few stats that um, we collected. Um, it was over 6,000 attendees. Um, most of them, uh, the, the, most of those were free tickets. We sold 500 tickets just at $25, actually not for the revenue, but um, so that the students really felt valued and they felt like that they're getting a free ticket was something special. Um, we had, these are just some, um, uh, you know, slightly uh, amusing stats that we collected, but um, uh, 83.7% of the audience were um, culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds, um, which is obviously radically different from the stats we usually get at the Art Centre. Um, and we had a huge social media pickup, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. I'll talk about right now. Um, the, um, the thing that is the most exciting, I think, about working with this audience is their lives are completely embedded in the digital space and in the social media space. Um, it was... The event was trending. Um, we, we only we only 
uh, counted formal stats on the, on the Western platform. So on Twitter, on, on Twitter, it was trending at number five in Australia and I think like number 23 in the world during the event. And like Art Centre does not trend on Twitter. So, you know, that was a, that was a pretty exciting um, uh, thing um, for this event, first time event that was going on. We had really good reach on the Western platforms, on Facebook and Twitter. We also had a lot um, of reach on WeChat, um, which was run all through Winona and her team and mostly driven by the, the artists themselves. Um, the thing about that we learned about communicating with this audience is that the digital communication and the digital, I guess, in, engagement with, uh, with an activity begins before the event, it happens during the event, and it continues after the event. This is a, a, an absolute kind of immersion in the event from a digital point of view. So still, if you search YouTube, there is hundreds of fan videos that was taken um, during the event that people posted up afterwards. There was heaps, like we had as much as we could of engagement with social media on ground on the event. Um, certainly, um, all the comms beforehand, we had a marketing budget, a pretty straightforward marketing budget. You know, we did posters and we did ads and we did radio and we could have just burnt that marketing budget, I swear, and just it all, it, the only thing that got any traction was our digital campaign and that was really run very organically through, driven by the artists themselves doing um, announcers and special videos and like fan meet and greets like this is a hugely interactive audience and they expect to be interacting with the event and the artists um, both yeah all through the process so we learned so much about that also shareable content on ground was really important we did a little bit of it we will do a lot more in the future photo booths qr codes um, we also worked very strongly with a group of students who were our kind of ambassadors. This was through our City of Melbourne um, partnership. We had a group of students who um, had a bunch of meetings in the lead up. They had sort of pizza parties on Friday night where we went and talked to them about the lineup and what we were thinking. They became kind of informal ambassadors. Then on the night, um, it was great. It was I think it was 150 um, ambassadors. They all had these kind of yellow T-shirts. And I remember my colleague actually kind of, one of my music colleagues coming out of the venue at about five o'clock. And he said, like, all the way down, so we stationed all the ambassadors um, at the major train stations and stuff just close to, to the Sydney Mile, to the Sydney Mile Bowl, because it's hard to find. So he said he walked out of the building and there was just this sea of yellow T-shirts and students just kind of walking down St Kilda Road. So they were a really important visual kind of... Um, um, anchor for the festival and they were also huge ambassadors of course through their own social media and their own networks. Um, this is some of the stats we gathered. Um, it's quite hard to gather stats um, on this this particular event um, mostly because the without going to I think you'll probably cover more of this ground than me. Um, the tickets, we did free tickets, but you booked them and went through our um, Ticketmaster at that stage and then we didn't have a lot of access to that data afterwards. So um, we didn't get a lot of actual information um, from our ticketing system, but we did a lot of box popping on ground. Um, and certainly the demographics of the um, event themselves reflected the demographics of, this, of the international students in the city. So Mandarin being the most um, uh, popular language group, um, Southeast Asian being important. And we also curated the lineup very much to ensure we were going to get a good demographic split. Again, this was Winona's work. Um, we had a K-pop headliner because they really have a, a, an appeal across really all Southeast Asian um, students, plus also a really kind of good crossover um, uh, audience. We curated, uh, Winona put on a, a really um, a Chinese artist who was Singaporean who just 
done well on one of these big um, TV reality um, TV singing competitions. So he was massive in the Chinese market. So that really hit that demographic. We had a Japanese J-pop uh, virtual artist who appeared um, only on screen, um, a Vocaloid. That kind of hit the sort of more anime crowd. Um, and then we had a Singaporean um, artist who was uh, had went to un had gone to university in Australia. So a kind of Asian Australian artist um, who had a real kind of connection with with the, the the local student community. So we tried to really kind of think about our audience demographics when we were actually um, curating the lineup. We also had live gaming on screen, we had SBS Pop Asia doing a live broadcast and we had um, K-pop dance competitions. So we tried to have a little bit of a kind of 360 Asian pop experience. Um, so to the future, um, we this is actually our artwork for Asian Pop Fest, which is happening in 2020, which we announced last night. Um, and the really exciting development, and I think um, I think this shows the sign of the times, is that in 2020 we are again doing this event at the Bowl, but this time we're doing it as a full ticketed event in partnership with Frontier Touring. Um, so it's just been fascinating to see the shift in three years, really, in terms of somebody like Frontier, who three, four years ago were like, yeah, we don't know, we don't know the acts, we don't know the audience, not even quite sure if we need to know. Um, and then they tipped their toe in the water with a couple of big K-pop acts um, over the last year. And I think they've suddenly gone, wow, there's a really big audience. That, there's a bit of latent demand here in this market in terms of an audience that are obviously really wanting to go to things. Um, but a, a big industry um, player like Frontier doesn't really understand this audience and wants to. So um, we came to them um, with the idea of Asia doing Asian Pop Fest again, and they were really enthusiastic because for them it's a it's a, it's a really an opportunity to get to know this audience and to do it in partnership with us at Art Centre um, and with a property that's already been tested. Um, so we're locking the lineup at the moment. Um, we're known as Furiously Doing Deals. Um, we announced the full lineup in about a week and hopefully a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just a feels like an exciting development to actually have it in the commercial space this time. And they're really taking quite a significant risk um, with this with this audience, which I think is is really exciting plus terrifying, of course. And we're also working out how we sort of still integrate the student piece. And, yeah, it's it's more challenging um, in a sense uh, to do this as a big ticketed gig, but I also think it raises the stakes and I think a lot of people will be taking notice, really. Um, so my top five takeaways, um, you can read them. Um, I, don't, I don't think I need to add a lot. Um, but, yeah, I just think fundamentally Melbourne, and I, I, I don't know as much about Sydney, but certainly Melbourne has changed... I feel like we're not keeping up in the cultural institutions. I feel like we're really far behind. Um, I think it's a really exciting opportunity. Um, I would say to anybody, if they're wanting to do something of scale with a new audience, I know it's a no-brainer, but it seems like we need to we need to learn it again and again, work with somebody who knows that audience. Like I said, we could have... You know, I thought I could maybe try and put this on, but it was only once I got to know Winona and she really got into the into the detail that I realised how lame it would have been if I had tried to program this myself. Like, you just have to work with somebody that knows the nuance of that audience. Um, and for me, it's just a really kind of exciting um, it, expanding of my professional relationships, really, to, to find really great partners who... Um, really understand other parts of an audience. Um, the Chinese-speaking audience, if it's not on WeChat, doesn't exist. Fundamentally, 
Um, I've just done a lot of research with Winona actually on another project looking at Chinese audiences particularly. It's going to be, uh, it's a report that will come out next month. Um, and the stats are incredible. You know, literally WeChat is the medium. Um, such a low engagement with pretty much any other Australian mainstream TV, radio, um, and also Western social media channels are, are much less. So WeChat's, WeChat's the thing. And I will say, our centre's not on WeChat. So we're, we're you know, we're, I would not claim to be leading the way here, um, but we're finding ways of course for this event will be very, very much promoted on WeChat and through our partners. And that shareability, merchant food, the event experience um, felt like it was a really important part of the event for this audience. Um, and yeah, um, obviously, I guess first principle I would always say um, trying to think about a new audience is um, just try and think about the familiar and on-trend programming for that audience as a really accessible way in. I would hope Asia Popfest and certainly through Asia Topa we hope um, once we create a relationship with audience, we can, of course, then expand that and hope that audience becomes more engaged in our the broader sweep of our programming. But it feels to me, you know, you've got to, you've got to be um, giving people the things they're excited about first and then expanding out from that. So that's certainly um, an approach that I've been taking with this particular audience in mind. Thanks.